Lakers tonight, 95-86. Jake Scott, uh, Tim Lacombe with you. It is your Jazz Game Night postgame show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. This was a tough one tonight, uh, Tim, as uh, the offense for the Jazz really struggled. Uh, it was really interesting watching the game with you because you almost every Every possession, we're counting passes, and and that was not the usual Jazz offense that uh, certainly we've seen over the past couple of years. No, it's just um, you know, and it's got to be something that that comes. It's chemistry, it's feel, it's uh, familiarity, and they just got to have a little uh, breakthrough um, in order to get things kind of going. But it's just it it was really difficult from the start because they had so many turnovers right in a row. Just kind of takes your rhythm away, takes uh, makes things really difficult. Uh, and, and it's not like the Lakers played a exceptional game. I mean, the Jazz actually outshot them from the field. Um, Lakers shoot 39%. So um, it was a game that it, it, it's one that you look back on and say, man, if, you know, if we just get half of those turnovers back and actually try to get something productive out of them. Um, but it's a, it's a it's concerning, but certainly early in the season, something they can uh, rectify. Reads has been a bit of a buzzword at practice uh, this year and and last year too, for that matter. But they were not making the right reads tonight, and the turnovers were, were certainly a byproduct uh, with uh, with twenty two total. I mean, Mike Conley himself had uh, had four. Um, Emmanuel Moutier had four turnovers as well, and that's just not. I mean, you gave the Lakers so many extra possessions; it's going to be tough to win. Yeah, re- reads is is the key, and and the the offense that. Quinn runs is, you know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to a ball screen and reading how they're going to guard it. And so many times it's almost like, the you know, there was a predetermined idea to throw the lob regardless uh, and when the throwback was open. Those are all things that, that the guys uh, through drilling, through work playing together, that's with these new faces as well. It's, you know, there's some new things going on out there. They just got to get, uh, get on the same page. Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 24 points, but LeBron James, 32 points. 10 assists, 7 rebounds. Monster game, of course, for LeBron James. With that, we'll say good night to our network stations. Our next next broadcast is tomorrow night here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. The Jazz will be at home taking on the Sacramento Kings. Pre-game coverage will begin at 6 here on the Jazz Radio Network. For those of you sticking around with us, Tim and I will have it all uh, broken down for you coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. It's the Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. And that'll do it. This has been Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Utah Jazz Basketball is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Lexus and Murray. And Lexus of Linden. By Zions Bank. For a noteworthy approach to banking, Zions Bank is for you. And by your Utah Toyota dealers. For all the latest jazz interviews, insights, and breaking news, go to 1280thezone.com and utahjazz.com. This is Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at 
MarkMillerSubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Tough night for the Utah Jazz. Welcome on back. It is your uh, Jazz game night post-game show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. The Jazz fall tonight 95-86 at the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. The Jazz tonight shot 41.4% from the field, 29 of 70. They were 8 of 25 from 3, just 32%. Uh, They had 22 turnovers, which uh, I'm sure will be a hot topic on the show tonight. Uh, they had eight steals, however, 40 rebounds. They were led by uh, Donovan Mitchell at 24 points, five boards, three assists. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier had 12 coming in off the bench. Mike Conley with 13. George Niang had 10. Everybody else, Tim, in single digits. Uh, Joe Ingles with only two points on one of two shooting tonight. Jeff Green, only two of 70 at five points. Rudy, four of eight for eight total points to go along with nine boards and three assists. This was just not the Jazz night offensively, not whatsoever. No, it, it wasn't in, uh, it's a, I mean, when you look for, just look at Joe, like Joe's numbers, you know, the fact he only got two shots off, I mean, it speaks volumes. I mean, I was the, I was the genius to start the game and said, you know, let's look at the assist to, to uh, <laughs> field goals made. So they had 19 assists to 29 field goals made the problem. Obviously, as I did not throw in the uh, the idea that you probably shouldn't turn it over 22 times as well. So, um, you know, that that really, to me, it, it is the game. It, that was from, from the beginning through the middle. They just never got any momentum because, you know, it's hard to score when you keep throwing the ball to the other team. And it just did not look like uh, like the normal blender ball movement type offense and, and guys not making the right decisions and, and getting used to playing with each other, I'm sure. Um, there was times in the third quarter there, Tim, that Donovan Mitchell looked like maybe he could kind of single-handedly bring the Jazz back to within striking distance. Then, of course, uh, LeBron James said no to that. The Lakers closed out the third quarter with a fury, and it was pretty much over for, for the Jazz from there. Donovan played well tonight, but it just wasn't enough he needed more help yeah I mean it was the fact that Bogdanovich I mean he's a he's a guy that would have been great in that game but uh, it, it's a 82 game season obviously a lot of uh, basketball and a lot of lessons to be learned and there's going to be uh, you know nights more nights like this uh, hopefully um, you know not to the extent of of what they went through turnover wise but uh, there's a lot of ups and downs and you just got to play through it and learn grow together all right, let's go back to the Staples Center where Coach Schneider is sitting at the podium addressing the media. went on that big run to close out that quarter. Well, I, you know, th- throughout the game, um, we were just hesitant offensively and weren't. Uh, we didn't play with a lot of force. We just we weren't, weren't precise either, and I think that hesitancy hurt us throughout the game. During that stretch, you know, they got some things where our defense, you know, had some holes in it. And sometimes if you're going to turn the ball over offensively, you're going to make it harder on yourself. And that's what that's what we were doing. We just gave them too many possessions. And during that stretch, it, it really bit us. What has it been offensively that, that's bothered you guys in the, in the first couple of games? Though? Well, we were talking about our offense all preseason and how it was good. And our defense was bad. Um, you know, now our offense hasn't been good. And I, I think... Um, 
on both sides of the ball, obviously. You have to be solid in order to win. And I think the biggest thing for us, I mean, there's a part of it that, you know, you're, you're getting connected and, and things like that. But there's also part of it where, you know, we just need to be stronger with the ball. We need to be more decisive. And we need to be more precise. You know, we can, we can space. And those things will help you. And then, you know, some of it, you know, we've got to, you know, got to take better care of the ball. We can't have turnovers on outlets. We can't throw the ball for hip, skip passes, just stuff that, that isn't, uh, that we're, we're capable of controlling. Is that, is that a familiarity thing right now, or is it? It's probably some of that. There's, a, there's you know, when, when you're not entirely comfortable, um, you know, you can, you can be more indecisive, but, you know, I, I think we can, we can do better than what we did tonight with, without being familiar. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a, we have to be committed to, you know, playing together. And a lot of times tonight, there was a few possessions where we got in, we had our eyes out, and the ball moved, and, you know, and there's other times the ball stopped. And, you know, that's what I mean about the decisiveness. But, you know, two guys, you know, in standing near each other is different than guys spaced. And when you're not precise in some of those things, it puts you in position um, where you're going to make mistakes. Okay. Sorry, can I ask one more? In spite of uh, all those early issues, in spite of those issues, you're only down six at halftime. Lakers came out with that smaller lineup to start the third. Was that problematic in any way? Did they have trouble adjusting that? You know, they had played that lineup in the first half as well. You know, I, I think, um, like I said, you know, our concentration um, for a few possessions there consecutively, you know, was not what it needed to be. And... They were able to get some some easy baskets. LeBron hit a couple shots, one back down. You know, we should have came and doubled because he was deep. Um, but, you know, just the collective, um, you know, our, our struggles offensively, we, we couldn't make up for that. Every possession defensively becomes even more important. You get a chance tomorrow night to kind of get back on track, though. I mean, it... Yeah, that's the good thing about the NBA. There's 82 games, and I guess if there's a positive in back-to-backs, when you play tonight, you get to play again. And, uh, you know, we need to come ready to play. I think we will, and then we need to, we need to play better. That was Jazz head coach uh, Quinn Snyder. What would you think, Tim? Uh, he, he hit on a lot of the same things. I mean, talks talks about being stronger with the ball, more precise, uh, committed to playing together, uh, ball movement, talked about the ball, has to move, spacing has to be better. It's all the things that, uh, you know, that we've touched on and, and is pretty evident. It's just a matter of uh, being able to get it done. And it's a funny thing, man. Basketball, you get in these, uh, you know, you, as a team, you go through all these different journeys. And this one's obviously early in the season. And it is ironic that in the preseason, everybody's like, man, this – defense you know this doesn't look like jazz defense and um and the defense actually has been uh good enough to win both games um but now it's the offense that's the issue and that's that's the beauty of being a coach man there's always you got to have your your hand in the diet you know there's there's a the dam's breaking so you got your hand in there and another dam another piece breaks you stick your foot in there and uh it's just that's just how it works but um nothing that you know again he's not overreacting it's a uh 
It's just a, a, a situation where they just have to be more definitive about what they want to do. I'm going to interpret kind of what he said there in the middle when he was talking about the team being familiar with, with one another. And maybe you heard it differently, but this is basically what I heard where he said, yeah, familiarity is a thing and we got to get used to one another. But that doesn't excuse dumb mistakes and some of the stuff that the Jazz did tonight where and we talked about it with the reads and wrong passes. And, and obviously in a game with 22 turnovers, you did some stuff that, that uh, probably wasn't right. And I thought that was I thought that was kind of an insightful answer because yeah I mean you got to get familiar with one another that's legit you're not gonna you're not gonna step right onto the floor and and be you know firing on all cylinders by any means but that doesn't mean that you can you know throw it the wrong direction and and basically throw it right to the opposition or throw it into the second row or any number of the things or throw it off Tony Bradley's face or any number of the things that we saw in this game that looked like it hurt oh that looked like Man, it hurt that was so brutal. bad <laughs> but it, it just kind of encapsulated how the the night went um the, the one thing that is really really true and it's it's not something that you know that most people will see but Quinn made the point that when they space the floor they space it precisely um and if two guys are standing on top of each other that makes it so that reads really hard you know it's hard to make that right read if your spacing's bad so a lot of things offensively that the Jazz need to work on the beauty of it is is they've got a time uh it's something that is totally right now is an anomaly it's it's an outlier and the Jazz will uh will have an opportunity as Quinn said to be able to kind of start fixing it tomorrow night all right, let's uh, check out your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Jazz outscored tonight in the paint, uh, but not by much. Uh, L.A. had 40 uh, to the Jazz, 38. Uh, but it kind of, you know, and we'll get to the, in fact, we can do it uh, We can do it right now because I think this, this plays into it. Let's get to the three-point takeover, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams uh, for more than 80 years. Years, the Jazz tonight from three uh, did not get up a ton of attempts. Tim, eight of twenty-five, which is on the low end, uh, even based on what we saw last year. They shot thirty-two percent from from three. Uh, George Niang was two of five. Royce O'Neal was two of five. Moutier was two of five. Uh, Conley tonight one of five. Donovan Mitchell zero of two. Uh, but the difference between this game, I mean, they didn't shoot a lot of threes in the in the Sacramento game, but they were getting everything they wanted at the rim. That was not true for this game Tim but yet they still didn't get up a lot of three-pointers right in order to get a three-point shot up um, typically you're not going to get it off one pass it's going to kind of come off of a reversal you've got to get the team that you're playing against in rotation Uh, and if you're you know again you're you're coming down and not getting the ball movement um, then those threes are not going to be as many the Jazz didn't get really uh, many looks in transition either it was uh, just kind of a weird night there's certainly a, a much better pass passing and shooting team than they showed tonight. All right, coming up on the other side, we're hoping to get you more sound from the locker room. We'll continue to break this one down as well. Tough night for the Jazz. They lose to the Lakers 95-86. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you right here on the Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Oh, man. 
It's your Jazz Game Night post-game show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Tough one for the Jazz tonight. They fall to the Lakers uh, 95-86. to uh, Let's take a look at your assist. Tim Lacombe's stat tonight. The assist feature <laughs> proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller charities. We are driven by you. The Jazz tonight... Uh, had a total of 19 assists on 29 made baskets. Uh, they were led by, let's see here, Joe Ingles, who had four assists as he got the start tonight with Noah Boyan uh, Bogdanovich. Jeff Green also getting the start. Jazz going for a little more size against LeBron instead of uh, instead of Royce O'Neal. But in all honesty, Tim, it's tough to get a ton of assists when you're missing a ton of shots. Yeah, when you're missing a ton of shots and you're not getting as many shots, the the Lakers shot at 86 times, you know, so 16 more shots than the Jazz. So with the turnovers and the offensive rebound disparity, that's that's where that 16 comes from. You ready for a couple of, of stats that uh, that I just saw come over, Tim, that's going to uh, raise an eyebrow or two? The Jazz turnover percentage tonight, 24.2%. That's way, yo, yeah. 24.2% of the time they turned the ball over tonight. Yeah, and, and what's crazy is there's nights, it's just that's basketball. There's nights where it happens, man. It's uh, it's frustrating, and it just takes the wind out of your sails. Now, this one might be more of a systemic issue because I don't expect the, the Jazz to turn the ball over 24% of the time on the reg. I, I would be extraordinarily surprised if that happened. Now, the Jazz do turn the ball over maybe than your average team because they usually pass the ball a lot, but it's never going to be that high or, or shouldn't be that high. But get this one, Tim. Uh, the Lakers' offensive rebounding percentage, 22.9% tonight. Right. Meaning the Lakers got offensive rebounds 23% of the time that they had opportunities for. That is a huge, huge number, and that might be something that, that might be a bit of a problem. Well, and the flip side of that, too, is the Jazz, um, they missed 40 I think 41 shots and got three offensive rebounds. So that that's another concern. Um, you know, you're you're. It's hard when you don't have as many possessions. You got to be that much better in every possession, and turnovers and and giving up offensive rebounds kind of widen that gap. You know, that was that was something that we were going to keep our eye on with no Derek Favors. Jay Crowder could be a really good rebounder at times. Uh, that you know, where were those boards going to come from? And tonight they they did not rebound the ball well. I mean, we'll get to the master. Well, in fact, hey. Let's do it right now. Convenient excuse to get to the master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Back for another great year of basketball. Proud to uh, be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass. Also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebounds program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds benefiting the uh, the neighborhood house. And Tim, Rudy is your master of the glass tonight, which I, I think is going to be the case for the majority of the season he only, he had nine rebounds which is low for Rudy and zero offensive rebounds to your point they had three as a team I mean Rudy's clearing three by himself most nights that's right yeah it's uh you know in the size the Lakers size I mean Davis is, does a great job of, of getting balls but that's got to be a concerted effort that you know the, the forwards the, the, there's got to be a, a concerted effort to help Rudy out on the glass all right let's throw things back to the Staples Center Mike Conley is standing by 
trying to get that comfort level. What did you see as the contributing factors to the turnovers tonight for you guys? Um, I thought we all just seemed to play a little bit indecisive, uh, hesitant. You know, we're all trying to make the right plays and the right reads, and um, and tonight we were just a little bit out of sync in that in that uh, aspect of the game. Um, thought we played well defensively for the better part of the game, um, but offensively we were just kind of running in mud and not playing with enough force and enough speed to, to compete. In that third quarter when Anthony Davis moved primarily to center the entire third quarter, uh, how did that change things for you guys? Uh, well, just having Ann on the court is, you know, you got to pay attention to him and with him, you know, out there playing the five and him in pick and rolls, him guarding pick and rolls, um, he's he's a tough matchup. So, uh, you know, they, they, they got him going. They got LeBron going as, as a primary ball handler and uh, made us have to, you know, adjust to that. And, um, you know, they made more plays than we did then. If, you, if there is a positive, you guys get to go back and do it all over again tomorrow. That's the beauty of the league, man. Um, you know, you can't think about it too much. And obviously we'll use this flight to learn, watch the film on tonight's game and uh, prepare for tomorrow. Yeah. Mike, it seemed like with the uh, shooting woes again to start the game, it seemed like there were times you were pressing. Was that the case? Um, slightly. You know, you just sometimes you it's like being in quicksand. You just you try harder and harder, and it seems that you just keep keep digging yourself into that hole. But um, you know, I can't shy away from good looks. You know, I'm getting a lot of good opportunities and. I'm um, just not making them, man. It's, it's really uh, frustrating for me, but, um, you know, I'm not worried about it. It's just, like I said, it's just a frustrating part part of the year right now, the first two games. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. This team had six turnovers in the first and then seven each in the second and third. How much of that is just unfamiliar with one another, and how much is just not running well tonight? Um, you know, I think you got to give credit to the Lakers, too. They, they defended us in, you know, the way they wanted to, but uh, a lot of it is just us, you know, learning each other, us learning guys, uh, you know, who's handling the ball, who's running, who's in different lanes, and, um, you know, with, with Boyan being out, it was just, you know, Putting Joe in the starting lineup, just trying to get guys, you know, guys playing together that um, hadn't played together yet, you know, in, in certain units. So um, I thought Georgie came in and, and gave us great minutes, and uh, and we're just like I said, we're just all learning from each other, and uh, you know, in time we'll get it all together. Have you been good with your reads within the offense, or do you feel like you're struggling with your, your individual reads within the offense? Um, I've been I've been okay with them. The, the I think I'm struggling with the the main read is I, I've been open a lot of times just to shoot, you know, and I, I want to, sh- I, I'm a shooter, but I like to make plays. I like to get guys open, but they're giving me shots and I'm getting opportunities. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Mike. You're all right, brother. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the reads are there uh, and it's just a matter of just continuing to do it, continue to learn um, and can't be too worried about it. All right, that was Mike Conley, who did have 13 points tonight, uh, but uh, struggled from the field, Tim. Three of 11, one of five from downtown. He is now four of 20, uh, 26, I believe. Or no, excuse me, four of 27 as a member of the Utah Jazz. But uh, it doesn't sound like he's sweating it too much. He's just he's just got to get things figured out a little bit. That's that's one thing I took from tonight, just watching him. And as frustrating as it's got to be for him, it's just he's, he's a... He's a long-term guy. I mean, he's not as we all should be with this team. I mean, there's a lot of of uh, a lot of 
moving parts right now. There's a lot of guys trying to figure it out. Um, but Conley's, it, it's you know, stats, the, the data points prove it out that he's, he's way better than what we're seeing right now. And I think it does come down to comfort level and making the right reads and getting some success and then building on that. Which it will come. Yeah, I know it's, it's no I, doubt. I know it's Mike's second uh, not so great game in a row, but I mean this guy has a track record of of twelve years, and I, I don't think that he's not making shots because you know his game's fallen off in some way. I mean you hear, even heard him admit uh, to Eric Walden of the Trib that he was pressing a little bit at the beginning of the game, and as Locke pointed out, it is different for him. He has been the the guy pulling the strings at all times for Memphis. Has the ball in his hand, deciding what's going on, and the Jazz play a little bit different. He's got to he's got to figure out you know exactly um, what he needs to be doing I, I I was talking about this with Gordon the other day Tim these guys uh, we were talking about uh, Boyan at the time but these guys are thinking about a lot they got a lot on their mind it's a it's a totally different system and and I'm sure you know we're, it Gordy Chase was talking about Boyan's shot as aiming it he was aiming it you know these guys in Conley I think he's just thinking about it a lot he's aiming it a little bit it's it's not natural as of yet well it's the same thing you see you know in baseball you see great hitters go through tough slumps and not be able to you know be able to come come close to connecting and then they get they get through it and they get hot and um it's no different really i mean we've all had something we can in layman's terms we can all kind of look at in our life like you get a new job you go to a new office you know you just it it takes a minute to get in the in the rhythm and um you know conley's a he's he's a pro the thing that i'm most impressed with is is his demeanor his body language the fact that he's frustrated but you don't see it outwardly all right, your final tonight. The Jazz fall to the Lakers 95-86. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night postgame show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Tough loss for the Jazz tonight. They lose to the Lakers 95-86 in Los Angeles. Just had a, a fun commercial break there going over news bloopers. That's always oh, entertaining. I couldn't. Be- I can't believe you hadn't heard the Eric Weihenmayer thing. That, that one, yeah, that, that one's pretty funny. That is. I felt bad for her. You know what? Uh, if if you're on the air long enough, you know, so you're going to say something ridiculous and stupid. I definitely have. A long list of mine. Thank I you very much. I won't play them today. Yeah, play, thank you, Adrian. I, I really, uh, I really appreciate that. But it was a tough night uh, for for the Jazz. They were led by Donovan Mitchell at twenty four points on on seven of fifteen shooting. And just to kind of maybe go a little bit more positive direction, Tim, because there is a, a lot to nitpick on the negative side. But Donovan Mitchell himself has started out uh, the year uh, really, really well. And one thing um, that uh, that I, I'm kind of paying attention to this year because I think it's uh, a place that Donovan can really uh, bump up his numbers, if nothing else, is going to the line a little bit more. He was 10 of 10 from the line tonight, and uh, over two games, he's averaging seven trips. And that's a, that's a that's a really good number. But if you look at guys like James Harden, big part of the reason they're scoring 35 points a night is because they're living at the line. Yeah, I think that he and Rudy both have had, <clears throat> for the most part, two solid games. You know, Rudy again tonight was great around the rim. Um, causing trouble for the Lakers in the paint. Uh, and so it is a, uh, 
that is that is a bright spot, and um, I do believe Donovan has uh, has definitely lifted his game. Uh, he was very efficient tonight. Um, like to see maybe some more offensive rebounds. You know, him flying in there and grabbing some, using some of his athleticism to get those uh, done. But um, for the most part, Donovan played uh, played pretty well. Uh, let's talk a little. Let's talk a little bit about somebody else who played well tonight, and. You know, not a surprise because he plays well most nights. But uh, LeBron James tonight, 12 of 22 from the field, 32 points, 10 assists, 7 boards. He was plus 17, and the Jazz just did not have an answer for him, as, as most teams don't, uh, granted. But I do think that the Jazz are going to have to figure out how to defend dominant wing scorers because there's a bunch of them in the Western Conference and the Jazz are going to have to figure out the best way to do that without maybe a, a dominant athletic defender. Yeah, The, the thing that I, I could live with though, they made... They really didn't make LeBron make tough shots for the most part, and uh, you know there were there were some times where they missed assignments, you know. And, and Quinn talked about it in the post game. The I, I think he had a um, he had a Royce buried, you know, down on the block, and Rudy should have come and doubled it, but didn't. And those are things that that they'll shore up. But um, for the most part, they made LeBron make some tough shots, and and he did, uh, and he will. I mean, he's LeBron, and and so. Um, but I agree with you. You know, the defensive end of the floor is is always going to be a priority with the Jazz, and, and they'll have a, a game plan specific for each team. Um, right now, the issue is is being able to score points, and uh, and they'll figure that out. You know what? And sometimes LeBron is is just LeBron. There was uh, one particular possession, I think it was in the third quarter, Tim, where LeBron uh, got isolated on Royce O'Neal and he tried to bully him a little bit, back him down, and Royce absolutely held his ground and played good defense, and LeBron nailed a Dirk Nowitzki-like turnaround fadeaway. Right. And it's just like... You know, great players are going to make shots like that. There was nothing wrong with the way they they guarded him. In fact, it was kind of a longer mid-range two, which is what you want him to take, and it just went down. And I said in the pregame, I mean, there's going to be most nights he'll be hovering right around a triple-double because he's he's going to have the ball in his hands. He does get to the line. He does get rebounds, and and he's got assists going right now. Um, So it'll be be interesting just to kind of see how close he gets every night flirting with a triple-double. Uh, LeBron was great. What did you think about uh, Anthony Davis, who had a terrific first half, uh, but finishing the game with uh, with 21 points and seven rebounds? He he really inefficiently shooting seven for 17 from the field. Uh, the Jazz made a nice adjustment on him in the second half, slowed him down a little bit. Unfortunately, it coincided with LeBron taking over. Right. They they did a good job on on. AD, I thought that uh, in the first half he got away from him a little bit and got too many things at the rim. But when you get him shooting those tough fades or um, you know late shot clock jumpers, I mean that that really plays the odds play in your favor. So overall, again, the Jazz held the Lakers to thirty nine percent shooting from the field, and you'll go with that most nights. Um, you know, take back four or five possessions, maybe in transition with AD, uh, and then you know some of the things they let LeBron get that were a little bit too easy but for the most part I thought the defense was was solid for the for the better part of the game you got to finish the possession that's where that's where they really struggled tonight gave up 11 offensive rebounds and that's a huge part of, of getting a stop is being able to get the rebound you know as far as the Lakers go while we're chatting about them a little bit wasn't sure if they added quite enough shooting to put them on um, a, a, a title contending level necessarily and they didn't really shoot the ball great from three tonight uh, they were eight of 26 for just 30.8 percent but I'll tell you what Danny Green is a is a bona 
fide shooter in this league, and and he is terrific. And Quinn Cook, they added him because they want him to shoot the ball, though he he wasn't outstanding tonight. He was 0 for 1 from 3. But that Troy Daniels, 4 of 8 from 3 tonight, 5 of 9 from the field, he had 15 points. He's a player, and he hit uh, he hit a step-back 3 that was extremely impressive. He's That's going to be a helpful player for the Lakers. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's been in the league for like 6 years, and um, he's been around, but he, he did. I, I thought he actually kind of widened the gap. He was the difference tonight. He was the guy that came in, and the game was you know, kind of eight, seven, eight, nine points, and you know he kind of broke it open from the perimeter. Uh, the Jazz, uh, as we mentioned, did not shoot the ball well from three, uh, eight of twenty-five. Uh, this may be a spot where they certainly missed uh, Boyan uh, Bogdanovich. But let's talk about Joe Ingles for a second because he only had two shot attempts. He was zero for one from three. Played twenty-eight minutes, had two points, did add four assists. Uh, but we haven't seen, and of course the season is young, but we certainly haven't seen Joe get it uh, get it going quite shooting the ball yet. But two attempts that that's really surprising, especially Joe started tonight, played plenty of minutes. I mean, is that just a, a, a case of the Jazz offense is, isn't quite where it needs to be, Tim? Or is this uh, Joe Ingles, he needs to, you know, uh, uh, assert himself a little bit, be a little more aggressive in taking those shots? Probably a combination of, of all those things. I thought, first of all, the Lakers <clears throat> have him on the scouting report. He's hurt him in the past. And uh, so he's a guy that they're not going to give any clean looks to that are easy. So they, they wipe those out. And then the ball movement not being as good as it should be, Joe, Joe suffers there uh, from that. And then the fact that he probably did pass up three or four shots, you know, tried to involve somebody else or make a pass maybe when he should have shot it. So I think it's a combination of Lakers keying on him, uh, bad ball movement, poor ball movement by the Jazz, and then him being a little bit non-aggressive. I, I've been talking about this for a couple of years now with uh, with Patrick Kinahan, uh, of course, of DJ and PK fame from 6 to 10 every morning on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And they, of course, have Joe Ingles on once a week on Thursdays, the Joe Ingles Show, which absolutely is Can't Miss Radio, by the way. And this uh, first installment this year was this week, and, and Joe was just terrific. But PK is convinced that Joe is just not going to be that guy who who shoots every time he gets it. And I, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's just not in the nature of his game that's not how he plays that's not how he feels he's much more team oriented than that that this will probably be a consistent issue with Joe that he passes up shots that he should take just because of the nature of who he is you know and I think that if you could choose between guys who are going to shoot it every time and a guy you got to coax to take more shots you probably want the guy who you've got to coax to take more shots um, because those guys are thinking about the team Uh, but there is a part of Joe um, that needs to kind of look at particularly right now where the Jazz are and just maybe in his own mind say I got to be a little more selfish and take a couple of these shots. Now just from your coaching career how difficult was it to talk Jimmer into shooting? That was not difficult at all. <laughs> not too hard? No. You know the guy who, who actually in all the years I uh, very similar kind of what we're talking about with Joe is Coach Majerus used to just plead with Alex Jensen to shoot the ball. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Particularly when he was young, you know, he, Al was all about making the extra pass, and sometimes he would pass it when he should shoot it. And uh, he was a guy that, you know, Majerus would always tell Al he had to shoot the ball. 
for the team to be better. Um, but that, I do believe that's a better problem than, than the other side of the coin. Well, that's a great example of what you're talking about because Alex J- uh, Jensen was obviously a terrific player who played a key role on some absolutely great Utah teams. So that, that's an interesting example. That's, that's a great parallel with Joe because I'm sure Quinn Snyder is just begging him to shoot the ball more, but you'd rather have somebody who has that team and playmaking mentality, uh, and uh, I'm sure other players would rather play with a player like that. Yeah, and uh, so we've and we've seen you know guys come through that they 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 shoot it before they catch it you know and their mindset is I got to score um, so just maybe a little shift in in mindset for Joe to be a little bit more aggressive but the Jazz the way they play and move the ball can certainly help him too. All right, uh, your final, 95-86, to the Jazz fall to the L.A. Lakers. Coming up right around the corner, uh, Tim, we'll get your final thoughts on on this game and what to take from this game against the Lakers. But we'll also look forward a little bit to the Kings game tomorrow night. In fact, there are a couple of news bits with the Kings that could really have an impact on what happens here at Vivint Smart Home Arena coming up tomorrow. So stay tuned. We'll get to that coming up next. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, Jazz fall tonight, 95-86 to the Lakers. It's your Jazz game night post-game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Pass, pass, stolen by Caruso. Trying to force it. Fast break. LeBron to the cup. Blocked by Donovan. Off the glass. Out to Conley. Conley to the front court. Bounce to Ingles. Lobs it to Donovan, but it's intercepted by the Lakers. But Caruso drops it. Gobert picks it up. Hands back to Donovan, and now he dunks it. We can't do anything regularly tonight. It has to have a little misconduct somewhere along the way and a mishap. Jazz game night post game show. There's your call of the night from our good friend David Locke as the Lakers beat the Jazz 95-86. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. And Tim, that actually was an incredible block on LeBron James. The offensive possession was a little disjointed, but ended with a Donovan Mitchell dunk. Maybe a little kind of sign of what tonight was all about. But that block shot on LeBron was something else. That was big time. It was almost kind of like the, uh, you know, LeBron sized so many guys up and blocked kind of from from the, the from behind and Donovan kind of returned the favor. And Donovan is just, you know, the thing, and we were talking about this the other night after the opener, you know, last year at the beginning of the season, Donovan was not a hundred percent from a health standpoint. And you just didn't see, you know, if you look up his rookie year on YouTube his his rookie year highlight package, I mean, it was just some of the stuff. I mean, I, I remember the first time we saw him throw down a windmill dunk and I thought, when was the last time you saw anybody on the Utah jazz even consider doing a windmill David Benoit yeah I mean like you you have to go back a zillion years and here's Donovan Mitchell doing these crazy athletic things but then we certainly didn't see that at the beginning of last year we didn't see those electrifying plays and as he got healthier we saw him a a little bit more frequently but I can think of three or four plays in these first two games alone where Donovan is just showing this freakish athleticism and it just tells me he's he's hitting the ground running this year where he's healthy and and that athleticism is is working to his advantage. But that play, I mean, standing at the two-handed dunk from the, the opener, even the final play of the game against Oklahoma City where he jumped up with Chris Paul and grabbed that ball with one arm, you're just, wow. And that, that block tonight on, on LeBron had that wow factor. Yeah, he is so... Um... He's just he's improved in every area. 
Um, but his, uh, you know, his mind, you can tell there were times tonight where it was frustrating. He was getting, he wanted to get frustrated, but he, he, he kept a great demeanor, uh, continue to keep battling. And, uh, he's going to learn a ton, you know, through, through the good things and through the tough times. Uh, that's kind of what it is to be the leader of a team. And, uh, the nice thing about this group is there, there is a, seems to be a great, um, camaraderie chemistry between them all off the floor. And it's just finding that on the floor that, uh, you know, be able to kind of flip this situation they're in right now. All right. Uh, a couple of news and notes, and I want to get your thoughts on, on the game coming up tomorrow. And then we'll kind of put a wrap on, on this one, mm-hmm. Tim. And, you know, it's after, after midnight and the jazz have another game in how many hours? After midnight. Yeah. We're going to let it all hang out. You know, we're, we're going to have to get some performance tunes from I'm going to bring you. my guitars in. You should. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Do like an Adam Sandler post game. I like That'd it. Look great. at this. Thinking outside the box, yes, Tim. Yes, always. Um, <clears throat> well, we found out the news yesterday that Marvin Bagley is going to be out four to six weeks. He's got a uh, fracture in his right thumb. And uh, he's a player. We, we obviously saw him during the preseason, uh, Tim. He's put on some weight. He's a player with a tremendous amount of potential. Uh, they, he's a guy that, along with De'Aaron Fox, and we'll get to the news on him in just a moment, but uh, somebody Sacramento is, is certainly going to build around. That's a tough break for, for that team. Marvin Bagley, I, I don't know how you feel about him, but I, I like his future. He's, he's got a unique build. He's athletic. He's tall. He's long. He can shoot. Uh, he's going to be a really, really good player. That's a tough loss for them. It is, it is a tough loss. It's a uh, it's a guy who, you know, they really are, you know, kind of building around, counting on. And so those guys being out, it's just part of the game. We talked about it earlier, Jake. It's the injury bug, you know, it's such a, such a kind of a factor that you have zero control over and you just kind of handle it as it comes. And speaking of De'Aaron Fox, who also I think is a tremendous young player, for the first time in a while, the Kings' future, maybe not this year, but the Kings' future is actually – Kind of bright. De'Aaron Fox is such an electric scorer, He's man. a rock he star. He is such an electric scorer. And he is so fast. Yeah. Uh, well, he went down late in the game, a hard fall on his hip, which he was uh, already having some issues with, some tightness, and uh, he had to leave the game. Here, Here is his quote after the game as reported by Jason Jones. Uh, I believe Jason's still of the uh, – oh, he's with the – Jason's with the Athletic now. Here's the quote. Uh, I'm just a little bit sore in the hip, but I've got uh, tight hips anyway. We're working on it, getting uh, media over so I can go upstairs, get in the tub, and work it out. We've got a quick turnaround tomorrow. I haven't uh, seen what he's officially listed as, but I'm imagining if there's some soreness at all, he's probably not going to be a go. Yeah, with with this – in this day and age, you got to be really, really careful in, in the load management and so. So uh, the, the, the signs probably point to him being out. Um, it's amazing. Like the, what's amazing to me is I've done these, like we played on the West Coast, you know, and you fly home. So, I mean, the Jazz are going to get in here. It, it's just these, these turnarounds, these back-to-backs are so brutal. Um, it's just it's hard to manage. And, um, but, you know, like Quinn said, it's nice that they actually get to get back on the court quick and kind of get this taste out of their mouth. And, you know, the Kings are going to be on a back-to-back as well, and you certainly would rather have the home game on these on the second night of a back-to-back. But, you know, the Kings are going to be missing two of their best players, which might make it a little easier. But 
You buddy, never know, man. Buddy Heald's still going to be That's here. That's right. And yep. uh, Buddy's been great, and Buddy's playing with a little chip on his shoulder because Sacramento didn't quite give him the extension offer that he was uh, that he was looking for. So uh, you mentioned load management, not to get too, too sidetracked, but I, I want to get your, your thoughts on that. In this particular case, it's the uh, it's the third game of the year, and if he's got some soreness and he's De'Aaron Fox, I mean, for heaven's sake, you know, rest him. There's no point in, in, in pushing it. But what do you think about load? load management. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, if anything, last year, I think he really um, brought attention or or maybe made this a trend because it worked so well. I mean, he played uh, in 60 games last year and uh, and rest periodically throughout the season and then look at playoff time where Kawhi was just unbelievable and, and took the playoffs, the entire every series he played in by the Horns and was the best player in the series. What do you think about load management and how much are we in fact going to see it this year? My guess is we'll see it. Uh, it. It seems to be something that is sticking. Um, I, I certainly am a guy who I identify more with, you know, guys like Stockton Malone who played every night. Um, but, you know, the the way that the, the investments and the way that these things move, I mean, it's a, I, I can see the wisdom in it. It's just hard being somebody who's kind of got an old soul with basketball, just kind of hard to stomach sometimes. Um, but there, there's there's certainly data that points to the fact that it's probably uh, beneficial at times. Um, I just feel like you know it's basketball, and you play basketball, so you get out there and do it. You know, and and I'm not to go off on too much of a tangent here, and this is just my personal opinion, but I think sometimes we put too much emphasis on the playoffs, and I get why we do, because that's what you're ultimately playing for, a championship and that sort of thing. But the regular season, that's where people get a chance to come watch teams, and, and you know, they play a lot of regular season games, but... they don't mean as much anymore, and so people are just willing to sacrifice regular season games because ah, who cares? It's all only the playoffs that matter. Meanwhile, and I know this is cliche, but you know the twelve-year-old young Adrian Lizer who gets one chance to go to a Jazz game and wants to go see him play the Clippers because they're a big Kawhi Leonard fan, and Kawhi doesn't come play because it's the second night of a back-to-back, or you know it's it's his kind of schedule, whatever they work out. And I I do feel bad for the fans, but I think maybe that's why I love college football so much because the regular season really matters. Every game really matters. I, I don't like the concept of taking importance off games because, oh, it's not the playoffs. Yeah, it's 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 a totally, I mean, it's a unique concept over the last few years. It's something that um, certainly moving more in the direction of uh, load management than not. And it is hard because that is, uh, there's, there's certain guys you want to see play and they only come th- through your city one time, you know, if they're in a different division. Um, so it's a it's a tough thing fan wise, but it, it it seems to be the the direction that everything's moving. So no Marvin Bagley tomorrow for the Kings, and possibly no De'Aaron Fox, and maybe the Jazz. Not that the preseason means anything, but they they dropped a tough one in the preseason of the Kings. Maybe they'll be a little motivated to to uh, come out and and uh, prove something to this, something to this team. But uh, tonight they fall to the Lakers, Tim, and give us a couple of things to uh, to take home with this one. What are what are you taking from it? Anything that we learned should be concerned of? What are you taking from this uh, this game? I think it's it's important to have everybody kind of firing together. Um, not having Boyan hurt tonight, I think that that is that was a guy that probably could have helped. Um, but I guess the 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 message is just uh, 
you know, the Jazz are, are a work in progress, as everybody is right now. Um, they, uh, you know, they, they didn't play great in the opener and found a way to win it. Um, tonight got away from them because they didn't play great offense. Uh, but an opportunity to get back out on the floor tomorrow night um, and get some good things going. Um, it, it's hard, man. It's hard to, to, uh, to get all your guys playing together and playing well at the same time but that's the uh that's the objective so it it is nice that the jazz get to get back out on the floor and uh play a team that at home that they can beat all right 95 to 86 is your final we want to say a big thanks to david Locke and ron boone uh for doing a terrific job uh, calling the game tonight as usual thanks to all the broadcast assistants who helped on tonight's broadcast thanks to adrian Lizer, executive producer of jazz game night and thanks to you tim lacombe it is always fun and i'm uh, i'm looking forward to a whole season with many of these games hanging out with you my man yeah thanks jake it's great always great working with you all right, 95 to 86. Next broadcast tomorrow night. Pre-game starts at 6. Uh, the Jazz and the Kings starts at 7 o'clock, and you'll hear it all, as always, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. <laughs>